hear you loud and clear from here. Testing, testing, okay. Yeah, I'll just, we'll just go with it. I think it's just me. Loud and clear from here. Yeah, okay, testing, testing, testing. Yeah, that's fine, okay. Bush, I'm ready when you are. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's just do this. So here we are, um, another episode of The A to Z of Everything. Uh, myself, Andy Bush, Louise Maloney over there. And I described this uh, in the in our little WhatsApp chat, Louise, as the cursed episode. It's the cursed episode because we're, we're late delivering this to you guys, our, our fantastic listeners, aren't we? It doesn't want to happen. It doesn't want to get delivered at all. What's the story with it? Well, just when we were about to record even just this bit now, having rescheduled yeah. it about three or four times, both got busy lives, both got busy lives. Uh, my other half, Katie, who's got into doing like laundry at the laundrette, big style recently, uh, mm. was... I think the wash went on for longer than she thought. So she was, she's had a mini asthma attack trying to get back with a buggy oh, stuffed no. full of washing <laughs> to get back in time for our record. God bless her. So we appreciate that. Thanks, Katie. And also, I feel like the laundrette is like Katie's private time now because I know that she doesn't she like, like to go down and have a coffee and chill and stuff, maybe read the paper. Yeah, which is interesting because I take our two year old when I go to the laundrette. <laughs> so we haven't building work done at the moment, right? So we've got like no washing machine or anything, which is why we're kind of going there a lot. But um, I always take Stella with me, but I, I took the girls out this morning for uh, Thea's tennis lesson and, and a little muck about. Mm. So Katie's been, you know, almost, I'm imagining classical music while she's been sitting there with her coffee. I see her with like a, um, you know, like a, a, a mobile foot bath. Like yes. She brings one of them with her. She has the paper. She's got a really delicious bougie coffee in her hand. Yes, I, I think she's living the dream. You've massively missed a trick, Bush. Um, how are you doing, Louise? You okay? Before we get stuck into this uh, episode, yeah, yeah. which revisits a letter that we've we've done not that long ago, uh, which is which is tough. It's a tough call. Uh, how are you? What, what's been going on? Yeah, living a pretty low key life at the moment. Um, pretty addicted to our A to Z of everything Instagram um, because I feel like uh, our listeners are educating us. Yes. Um, not only are they coming up with brilliant suggestions, they are educating us. Got a, just before we kick off with D again, as I've called this episode D again. We got a great DM in from Matt and he said, so he listened to the episode last week, Bush, on L, uh-huh. and he said, um, okay, so I have some information for you in regarding Lucasaid because we talked about Lucasaid last week, that sticky, icky, pharmaceutical, uh-huh. just, you know, when you're sick, your granny, you know, is giving it to you, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So he got in touch and said, okay, this was invented, Lucasaid was invented by a surgeon slash pharmacist in the early 1900s after finding that children were dying on the operating table due to low blood sugar. So he created this tonic that was just pumped full of sugars and glucose to keep the kids' vitals up as they operated. Started life as a pharmacy-only item, couldn't be bought as a refreshing beverage as we know it today, until it was repopularized as a sports drink due to the energy it gave people. What about that? Who'd have thought that uh, LucasAid had such lofty, uh, high-value beginnings? And also, Matt, I love you for getting in touch with that. Like, absolutely brilliant. We love that. Thank you so much. Well, you know, I think, I don't know whether I've mentioned this before, but I, I am a, I'm a big fan of a tonic. You know, you can go into a pharmacy and buy, it's, it's called a tonic. My mum used to give it to me and my Is brother it? when we were little. And it's like yeah. a bottle, st- again, stickiness seems to be uh, par for the course for these things. But you, go, you get a little bottle, you have a spoonful of it um, each day, and it, and it makes you feel better. Like if you're, you know, I, I think people are feeling a bit at the moment, everyone's a bit like knackered. Do you feel a bit knackered mm. at the moment, a bit low? Uh, get yourself a tonic. Uh, and I don't want to see it. It's like the kind of thing that, you know, if you had like a, a salesperson, a snake oil salesperson would roll up in a, in, a, in a town in the American Midwest in like the 1800s, with those clips on, on his elbows that they used to have on shirts back in the day. 
You don't know what goes in it, but it does make you feel better. Maybe it's like a placebo thing. Doesn't matter what's in a bush. So my mom rang me. A bit funny you're saying we're all a bit wrecked at the moment. My mom rang me recently and she was like, what's going on? I was like, I'm really tired and I'm just a bit like run down. She's like, do you know what you need every morning now for the next week? And I was like, what? And she's like, a raw egg and a glass of Guinness. I was like, <laughs> what? That's so weird. It's so <laughs> weird you should say it, but- are you watching the Be- the Beckham documentary at the moment? Oh, I've seen the first episode, yeah. Right, so um, David Beckham's dad, to try and get him to grow <laughs> a bit more so he could get and play proper big football, gave him, they gave him Guinness and an egg. It must be a thing. It's it's a thing. It must be a thing. Because I know, like, when my granny gave birth, she had five kids in the front room, in the front bedroom of her house, and each time she gave birth, they'd give her a Guinness and a raw egg straight after to get yes. the protein and all the nutrition back up. So, like, there was obviously something to it. Um, the other version of Ireland's tonic, quote unquote tonic, is Buckfast. Have you ever had Buckfast, Bush? What, as in Buckfast wine? <laughs> really? really? So you for real it's here, yeah? hugely popular in Ireland. Are you using this like, in the tonic bracket? The, bra- the, 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 the health, <laughs> good for your health bracket. Is that what you're saying here? Yeah, I just think like it's, it's, it's quite sickly sweet, like Lucas ate. It's yeah. got a bang of alcohol in it, and it's made by monks, Bush, isn't it? I, we used to go on bloody school trips to Buckfast Abbey every quarter when I was at school yeah. in, in Devon. Um, and it's a great place to go for a visit, uh, and they do the wine and all that kind of stuff as well. But um, what I used to love about Buckfast Abbey is that they had like a, a laser ticker, which told them how many um, guests they had that each day. So if you walk past it, it, it counts the number. So we used to go back and mm. forwards across it for about Just 25 minutes. So they would have like... <laughs> 40 guests, 50 guests, 30 guests, 2,015 guests, and then back to normal again. So, but yeah, and weirdly enough, one of my friends, um, Brian Marshbanks, I went to uh, America with him at university. He's from Falkirk, and they're obsessed with Buckfast wine up there in Scotland as well, apparently. It must be a Celtic thing. It must be a Celtic thing. It's definitely something like you would drink when you're younger, especially in your 20s, especially if you're hungover and you need to go out again. That would be your drink of choice in the flat or in the house before you've even left the house. Bottle of Bucky as you call it, then you get a little bottle like, you know, we call it a nagin. I don't know what size you guys call it, but we call it a nagin. Do you, you, do you like live in, nag- is it Middle Earth? You got, you live, you were born in, is that right? And get me a nagin. I want a nagin. A nagin, a book, a nagin, a bookie to like kickstart my night and you'd have the best night ever. I, oh, I miss those days, Bush. Uh, one thing about that, my friend from Scotland, Brian used to say, well, when we were out there, he used to drink this thing. His friend would bring out Buckfast wines. So we brought like a load of stuff out with him. Um, and then he would drink it cut with Coca-Cola and call it Cali Mucho. You ever heard of that? <sighs> Never heard of it, but like, so he's cutting the bookie, did you say? Yeah, so Buckfast Abbey, red wine, that shite. With Coke. With Coca-Cola. But I think Coca-Cola and red wine is like a it's like a thing, isn't it, I think? I haven't done it myself, but I've definitely heard of it, yeah. It's only a matter of time. Hey, speaking of drinks as well, actually, uh, Ben has got in touch with us about last week's episode, and he wants to say that Nature's Draft sounds like a local brewery's organic shitty ale. <laughs> well, he he definitely, you know, he had his imagination on there like I did, but it wasn't really the same route as me. I just thought it sounded like a man's trump. Would you want Ben actually voice noted me? I'm not going to play it on this episode, but uh, Ben did voice note me to say um, he was he was quite taken aback by some of the lewd imagery that you put across in last week's episode. Oh it was I, uh, I did. We were talking about well, let's go back there. Jizz covered. Bus seats, I think, was one of the things you were... No, limos. limos. And limos as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I do think that people probably jizz in the back of limos. I think that's a no-brainer. I think if you you think otherwise, you're just too naive in life. 
Right. Well, that's not. That wasn't an opportunity to go back there, was it, Louise? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay. Should we? Should, should we, we get stuck in? Should we start? Yeah. We're let's both like, let's move on. Let's just move on. <laughs> So uh, it's the bag of destiny. You know what this is? This is the A to Z of everything. Uh, Louise and I attempting something that's never been done before to try and chronicle uh, all the little things in life that never really get a look in, in not in alphabetical order, but with the power of the alphabet. And, and we're seeing this bite us slightly in the bum this week in that we're doing D again because we've got this bag of stones called the what bag of destiny. What did you say about your bum? What did you say about your bum there? It bit me in the bum. Oh, bit you. Okay, good. Okay, that's fine. Well, I'll go on. Actually, I don't, I don't know. know. I, I, don't want, read... I don't want to know. Uh, yeah. Like, I... Okay, go on. Um, but there's letters written on each of the stones. We pick them out at random. And D has come out again, probably only four or five episodes on from... So don't mm. think of that as retracing old steps. It's another chance for us to expand the category of D. So in the A to Z of everything, Louise, let's do this. What would be your first D? We got a great DM into the A to Z of everything podcast Instagram account. And it's from um, somebody called This Is Eccles. And he has said... D is for Dick Van Dyke, legendary name. As a kid, it was the funniest name going. He was in some great movies as well. Laughing emoji, laughing emoji, laughing emoji. Do, now, do, do you think he was in a good good movies? Because I'm going to contest that um, Dick Van well, Dyke. Well, I'm, I'm also going to contest what this is Eccles says because I find Dick Van Dyke a bit creepy. Yes, he is creepy. No, is he still alive? I don't know. I was just legally. Say where that. are we with this? I don't. <laughs> I only, I only know him from Mary Poppins. Okay, so yeah. that's all I'm. I mean, he's in that, right? He's the fellow who cleans the chimneys, right? Yeah. Blimey, God, no, no, Jesus, no, Christ. So basically, I just feel like a man that tall who dances like that and uses his limbs that way freaks me out a little bit. He'd never get down a chimney as well, would he? He's a big lad. Well, like his limbs are pretty long. Maybe he sticks a leg down there with a brush attached and just goes for it. <laughs> I've never heard anyone n- note that Dick Van Dyke's got incredibly long limbs before, Louise. That's a, a very unique observation. <laughs> Am I wrong? He's I quite tall, know. right? I've never thought about it. Ne- <laughs> All right. I mean, I hate, we, we do a lot of live Googling uh, on this podcast. How tall is Dick Van Dyke? But no one else has ever... Googled this before. He's 1.85 metres tall, which is, that's pretty tall, man. Yeah, but what's that normal, like, measurements? How, what foot is it? 1.8 metres in feet. He's, he's, he's exactly six foot. Oh, this is not overly tall. He's as tall as you then, Bush. Yeah, he's tall as me. Dick Van Dyke is the same height as me. But put it this way, I don't want to see you do those moves. I don't think I could do those moves. I, I make a noise when I even bend down to pick up a bit of Lego that the kids have dropped on the floor, so I ain't doing any of that stuff. Not with your sciatica, that's for sure. Sciatica's gone now. It's a thing of the past. It's cured. Being cured. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, that deserves a round of applause because, my God, did it make you grey in the face last year. Oh, it was awful. You looked constantly like there was a broom shoved somewhere. Do you know what? I felt bad for you because we were talking, obviously, recording the 80s of the 90s on video chat. You've just got that square view of me on video. And I looked, because I could see myself on screen as well, I looked like, you know, in Star Trek when they've got like an alien race that's kind of slightly pallid and clayy. Uh, demanding that they disarm their lasers. That's what I look like. And you know, I can't lie to you, Bush. So, you, so you'd be like, so how's everything? I'm like, Bush, you look like shit today. Terrible. Are you okay? Like, And when you, you when you came over, remember we recorded a few times in central London and I'd come and let you in like bloody Quasimodo. Yeah, <laughs> uh, set this way, we're getting to lift. Yeah, I'm all right. My back's just bent over a bit. So big, big love to you. If you've got sciatica at the moment, no one, no one understands. 
I want to do a sciatica podcast. No one understands how painful that is. <sighs> Jesus, that would be such a boring podcast, Bush. Wouldn't it? Really, like, um, sponsored by some kind of like orthopedic thing. Hey, um, one other thing about Dick Van Dyke. Uh, he was also in a program called, was it Quincy MD? See, I don't know him from anything else. Oh, so- guys, I'm so sorry to keep Googling everything. I can't, I just got to get this right because I want to make sure. Here we go. Quincy MD. It wasn't Dick Van Dyke. Okay. Wonderful. Absolutely. Was he in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? Yes. Okay. Um, I've actually never seen that. I've just seen like little tiny bits of it. Diagnosis murder. That's what it was. Same kind of medical angle on. You remember in the 90s, and you, you'll notice this if you're like, if you're off school back in like the late 80s, early 90s, um, they weren't, they were, they were done with kind of just normal detective stuff. So they tried to pivot off that. I think, well, you know, what kind, what's the, uh, what kind of people can solve crimes that aren't necessarily police officers? So you had Quincy MD with its cracking, cracking, um, opening title sequence where you think Quincy, the doctor, is taking a lady's pulse, because maybe she's dead, but it pans back and she's just in a uh, swimming costume on a boat and he's chatting <laughs> to her. And then you've got uh, Diagnosis Murder, which, uh, again, it's um, Dick Van Dyke as a doctor. But he looks big in that picture. So maybe he's one of these people, people that kind of exudes a taller kind of vibe than they actually are. Yeah, he's deceptive, isn't he? He really is. So if you take one thing from this podcast is Dick Van Dyke is deceptively tall. In the A to Z of everything, D is for Dick Van Dyke. I'm going to chuck one in here that's just been on my mind a little bit, uh, and that is D is for Dracula. And I just want to say, Mm. as we record this episode hurtling towards Halloween, despite all the ghosts and ghoulies and stuff that are out there and all the different things and jump scares and horror movies or whatever, I've never, ever been scared of Dracula. So do you mean the programme or was it a programme and a film? It was a bit of everything. He's a, he's a you know a fictional character from literature. Okay. Oh yeah, of course. I my head just goes straight to Count Dracula, which is so silly because that's a cartoon. That's kind of a fun <laughs> knockabout kind of Dracula. Know, Are you yeah. scared of Dracula? I mean, what is he? He's just like an old fella that lives on his own, that hangs around, sleeps in the day, sleeps a lot in the daytime. Up. I mean, I think every neighbourhood's got someone like that, hasn't it? Exactly. Um, and then you know, wants to suck your blood again. I don't think I'd have a problem with that so much. Right, Outrunning over. Yeah. Him, or definitely. just be like, yeah, it sounds like a buzz. Let's just see what that's like, you know? If, if, if Dracula was to um, suck your blood, mm. what, what do you think, he, what, kind of, what kind of taste would you have? Would you be like a kind of fruity? Very, very personal question, Bush. Um, <laughs> I think it would... <laughs> I think it would taste like... Let's just say, what, what, it would, what, what would your blood taste like? Answer the question. Answer me a weird question. I think it would taste like um, cheeseburgers and Barry's tea. Imagine that. If, imagine if your blood for vampires tasted of the main thing that you ate or mm. put in your body. Mm. For me, it'd be uh, lasagna, pasties, and cheese and onion crisps. Funny you should say something about pasties, because I don't think I'm eating enough of them, Bush. Um, and I'll tell you for why. Uh-huh. Because we don't really have them in Ireland, okay? And so when I got here, I think I ate them a good bit when I got here, and they are so effing delicious. Amazing, aren't they? They're amazing. There's like anything wrapped in pastry, first of all. But then yes. a delicious, meaty, God, we're always talking about food, but a delicious, meaty combination wrapped in like delicious, fluffy pastry. Like that just, why am I not eating them every day? Do you know, Do you know what I mean? My- my favourite meal, if Katie's not here, you know, like um, you get meals that are non-judgment meals. So I don't know what it's like, you know, with your other half, Tom, but would he, would he, be, would he look down his nose at you a little bit or be disappointed in you if he got back from a late work thing and you were eating like quite a 
quite a, like a childish meal. Do you know what I mean? He, I like, I like beans on toast and he just thinks it has no nutritional value. So he gets a bit like, really, beans on toast is your main meal? I'm like, this is my ultimate comfort meal. Well, is it, it's, it's one of those non-judgment meals, right? So if Kate, Katie's out and I'm allowed to have whatever I want, I mean, she's not keeping mm. me against my will, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, for me, it is a Ginster's pasty, chips and baked beans and obviously the pasty's done in the oven and honestly I know I know there are better pasties out there than Ginsters having grown up in Devon but it's, sometimes you just can't beat it you cannot beat it although I, I buy pasties quite a lot if I cycle down to the train station at Leon C um, I, the, I go past the bakery there and in fact you know yesterday I stopped off on the way down the hill got a pasty the only issue is with them if you if you eat them on public transport or whatever and you've got like a you know heavy knit jumper or whatever and you get it all over yourself you, sometimes you catch a look at someone just staring at you thinking that you might be riding the trains or something do you know what I mean you've got problems yeah you need to just move on from that shame because I get that when I eat a Greg sausage roll and it's just all down my front and so people just look at me like you, you're disgust and I just don't care because I love a Greg sausage roll <laughs> couple of questions about the pasty yeah um, didn't know you could have a pasty at home so what's the crack with that what do you mean you didn't know you could have a pasty at home You could. so when I think of a pasty right I think of those pasty shops in train stations, and that's where I just assume everyone gets their pasty. Is that your experience of pasties? It's my only experience. Oh my god, I feel so bad. I don't mean this in a, in a condescending way at all, but they're cowboys. Those uh, train really? station pasties, yeah, they're cowboys. And I'm I'm talking that you, the West Coast Pasty Company, whatever you called, with your six pound ninety nine yeah. pasty in that little truck, it's daylight robbery. You should be paying. Three pounds, two pounds fifty. Mm-hmm. Local bakery pasty, particularly if you can get to Cornwall or Devon. And do you know what used to be amazing about it? Obviously, the crust is the miners used to hold on to it via the crust, which is why it's like that. But they also mm-hmm. used to do a thing in Cornwall and Devon where they'd have a pocket within the crust where they would put salt and pepper and fold that over. So you could actually add condiments to your meal whilst you were down the mine, probably mining for tin or whatever, if you're down in Cornwall. What about that? Absolutely. Uh, just genius. And Isn't also, it? I did see something, maybe I saw this on the Bake Off, where that, like, the first three quarters of the pasty is, like, savoury, and then there's, like, a pas- a pastry barrier, and then the last little bit is, like, jam in the pastry. Like, that's brilliant, isn't it? Is, is that a thing? I've never heard of that before. That's a thing, Bush. Jam. That's a, Look at him writing it down. Look at I'm making a note of this. Jam in a pasty. Well, like, you know, like a sweet treat towards the end. Okay, get in touch if you know what I'm talking about. A to Z of everything podcast on Instagram. If you know that there is a certain, maybe it's not called a pasty, but it is le- it is a pasty that you hang on to the crust, just like you explained to me. And the last little quarter is like a su- sweetie thing inside the pastry. Thing. Little dessert. Yeah, cute. I love right? that. I love that. In the A to Z of everything, D isn't for pasties. It's, it's Dracula. But I don't know how we got there. <laughs> Just how we roll. Just how we roll. Bush, I need to ask you something before we move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. If I go out to a bakery today, right, and I, I'm looking for a pasty, what the hell filling should I get? I, I don't, I don't like, um, like cheese and bean melt. I don't like melts. You know that kind okay. of thing. They're not traditional. I think it's a bit weird. You just want a steak, a steak and potato pasty. I, I went through a period There's of making my own, own ones actually as well, and you can get the the little you know um, chunks of steak that you fry up. Yeah, you want like a, I think they call it a steak bake. Wow. So would Greg's be a good place to get them or is that is that too chainy? No offence to Greg's, I don't think they do good pasties. They do kind of like okay. flat, flat bake things. You want you want a proper local, oh, yeah. local Sorry, bakery. Right. You want the one that looks like um, like a shoe with like the, the rim around the outside. That's, that's the right pasty look. 
I'm so hungry now. You can hear my saliva I'm in my mouth. I'm just talking about a pasty. <laughs> okay, okay, I got it. Okay. But yeah, get, get in touch with any other views that you have on pasties. We're always happy to divert onto that here on the A to Z of everything. Uh, so the next thing that's going in, Charlie got in touch on the Instagram and he is given, I'm not going to lie, Bush, a very good list. Okay. Oh, is he? Really, really good list. I'm into it. Um, but he says that, I don't know how I'm going to explain this to you, Bush, and we're going to have to just touch on it quickly and move on quickly. Okay. Okay. Um, it's two words. And the first word is danger. And the second word begins with W. No. And ends in Okay. Well, can, so he's. Let, let's be completely honest here. We're all we're all grown ups. If you've got kids in the room, put your hands over their ears just for a second. He's talking about a danger wank. Yeah, which I just want to say right off the bat is not a girl thing. Girls do not <laughs> understand this. It doesn't happen. Like I don't understand the attraction of that at all. I know. Not it's even, a thing. Not even sure. I know exactly what what it is. I mean, there was a thing. Charlie Brooker, before he got involved in TV stuff, used to write a, a fake TV listings book called TV Go Home. Mm, I love him. And um, and they had an evening, um, it was based f- fake TV listings, and they used to do this channel called Masturbation Minefield. <laughs> and what it would be would be like 8.10, beautiful women in swimwear. 8.15, uh, a fish gets its eye hooked uh, during a fishing accident. 8.25, <laughs> Lingerie, eight sixteen, an old man falling down an escalator. So it's like a, it was like the ultimate game of skill. Suddenly, I'd watch it. I would watch it, Bush. It's that mix of stuff that's alluring and stuff that can absolutely horrify you. Which I guess is is that is that a danger wank? No, I think what what I've heard of what it is. I can't believe I'm telling you this. So uh, what I've heard what it is 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 that you are in the in the in the act, okay, halfway through the act, and then you call someone. You're like, mom. Mom, come here for a sec. And then you have to finish before that person gets there. And that's what a danger. That's, that's what I've heard. Is that what you've heard? So what, I'd have to yeah. be around at my mum and dad's then for this well, legitimately you could do it for, thing? Well, um, you could literally call Katie. I'm sure that would be a danger thing as well. Or I'm sure, you know, you have a meeting with your boss in work and you know it's at 11 o'clock and you start going at yourself at 5 to 11 and you're like, oh my God, what if he comes early? I better finish. Let's go. Or, or yeah, vice versa. I mean, um, what, uh, what a way to... Get your P45. <laughs> is that a thing? So, I think that that's a thing. I've I'm going to have to write Danger Wank underneath jamming pasties in my little show notes <laughs> list here. I think what we need to do a shout out for, Bush, is that if you've ever had one of these, we'll call them a DW. A DW? I think a DW, get in touch with the show now. Just love to know if A, I've got it right, and B, if anyone out there has done it. And see how it went. Yeah, did you enjoy it? Hey, got on. Yeah. Do I do I need to book a trip down to my parents in Devon for for, to be able to do this? Now, don't Um, focus too much on your parents. It doesn't have to be your parents. It's just because there's a legendary story, though, isn't there? I've heard it so many times from different people about it's like an urban myth about that lad, the lad in his bedroom with his headphones on watching watching porn. You know, know. and then he turns around having finished a cup of tea. It's, it's an urban legend, it's an urban myth, but I love it. I love that stuff. Oh. In uh, so, is there more on his list? Is he he started? Oh, there's loads on the DW. list, but I think we'll just we'll just leave it at that. But before we go, I must ask: Have you ever gotten caught? What me? Yeah. No, no, no. I, I always uh, make sure I'm in the woods at night with with an old school magazine. Old school magazine, bit of shredded a blue in a hedge uh, in the eighty set <laughs> of everything. Thank you. What was his name? I'm gonna I'm gonna Charlie. red flag it. Charlie. Uh, 
Charlie, red flag Charlie there uh, with the DW. Please get back in touch on that. Uh, I'm going to chuck another one in here, right? Um, There's a film I've, you know, like you may have films in your life that you love, fundamentally don't understand. Uh, One of my favourite films is Donnie Darko. So D for Donnie Darko, which is is a great film. Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, the lead role in it. But I love it, but I don't understand it. I think I'm too thick to to understand what what happened there. Um, And I've... well, how do before. you love it so much if you don't, don't get know. it? It just looks great. And I love the music because it's got that slow version of Tears for Fears, Mad Worlds in it and everything like that that went into the charts when it was out. Um, but I'm too thick. And I do think there's, there's a gap in the market in a Dragon's Den-esque way or, I don't know, a phone line or, or some kind of helper service where you're too thick to understand what's going on in the film. You can get in touch and they'll kind of talk you through it. I know you can go through the plot on Internet Movie Database, but it's not the same as having someone at the end of the line to help you. Do you know what I mean? I think my uh, version of that is Pan's Labyrinth. Yes, yes. B- bizarre um, Guillermo del Toro movie. This guy, this thing. Is that what he was like? Or did he have one eye? Was it Louise two is eyes? doing an impression of like quacky duck hands on top of her head. <laughs> Making him look a lot less scary. It's about the horrors yeah. of the Spanish Civil War, I believe. Is it really? It's an allegory of of the horrors. Maybe I should be the person on the phone. Or maybe, maybe this is it, right? If you look at everybody in the world, right? Everyone gets most films, but everyone's got like a like a, a an Achilles heel of a movie that they've watched and been too thick to get it. So maybe if we just all sign up, someone out there's going to be able to explain, say, Jacob's Ladder or Donnie Darko to me, two films that I really enjoy but fundamentally don't understand. And then I'll be, I've, I've just helped you out with uh, Pan's Labyrinth. So, do you know what I mean? It's like... So, you would be assigned Pan's Labyrinth. So, if anyone yeah. in the world didn't understand that, they'd ring you. Hello, Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah. What other film would you be assigned? Phantom Menace. Hello, Star Wars Phantom Menace. Yeah, it's just shit. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, Jar Jar Binks. Okay. No, I wouldn't watch three. Yeah, you're halfway through. Just leave it. Forget the first three. I think George Lucas should have had Star Wars taken off him. A little bit like a kid being taken into care at that point. Okay, thanks for calling, Luke. Goodbye. <laughs> Lovely. Just a little role play for you there. Lovely. A little role play. I think mine would be um, Free Willy. You don't. All right, you do understand Free Willy. Yeah. Who, do you think you're going to get a lot of calls on Free Willy? <laughs> yeah, maybe. What's the What's the sticking point on Free Willy? What, what do you envisage being the, the issue that people would call in on? Why is he in the pool? Why is he in the pool? Why is he captured in the pool? Well, he's just, he's in captivity. That's just how it is, isn't it? Exactly. See, I can, you can explain it too. It's pretty easy, but like people out there are going to need to know. Okay, cool. I'll give you, if if you, you genuinely, let's, we need to obviously test this to see whether there is a mark out there for, for Louise and I to maybe go on Dragon's Den. How good would that be? Imagine we get a massive offer from uh, Peter Jones, got to go to the wall and and talk it through. But we'd, we'd, we just need to see if you, if you're someone that maybe doesn't understand a movie you'd like us to explain it to you, then do get in touch on our Instagram. Please do. Uh, D is for Donnie Darko and lots of films that you don't understand. Oh, really? Is that okay, Grant? <laughs> Victoria has been in touch, right? And she sent us a message saying Debbie Gibson. Oh, yes. So I had to write back. But do you know what I wrote back, Bush? I was like, who the hell is Debbie Gibson? Shake your love. Shake, shake, shake your love. Shake okay. your love. Because she did get back to me and she said, Debbie Gibson, singer from the late 80s, early 90s. She said, but also, can I please add in Debbie Harry? Who, of course, I know. Yes, that's a good D. Any thoughts on Debbie Harry? Like, would she have been maybe a little bit of a bush crush? <gasps> bush crush. Bush crush. I, I can't say that, bro. Bush crush. Um, <laughs> I, I just remember my mum my and dad when I was little. I think maybe everyone who is listening to this has music that their parents used to play in the house all the time. Mm. For me, it was either Blondie on a Saturday morning, because my dad was obsessed with Blondie. Bit of the Beatles, because my parents are from Devon. Or, bizarrely, 
the the Irish folk band The Furies and Davy Arthur. Can't go wrong. And they have you have you heard of them before? Yeah, of course. You went. That was your first gig, wasn't it? First ever gig at the uh, the Bristol Hippodrome. But uh, I felt like I was you know being indoctrinated into the IRA a lot of times. There's a lot of like a heavy knit jumper and that weird. What's that drum you lot have got? Where it's like a little stick. A baron. A baron. Is that what that's called? Mm. A baron. A baron. Yeah. Sounds like um like a. Chasm from Lord of the like Rings. A right, a right drum that you hold, uh, um, like a sheepskin yeah. drum, and then you hit it with a stick. Yeah, a Bowron. Yeah, that's what that's Yeah, the Bowron. Anyway, one of the Furies and Davy Arthur had a Bowron. Um, but yeah, so Debbie Harry, absolutely fine. Um, Debbie Gibson, going back to my time in America, uh, my, my, one of my good friends out there, Antonia Jamalos, uh, she was obsessed with Debbie Gibson, a favourite artist of all time. I wish I need to go and like research a bit of Debbie Gibson. I don't know her at all. Debbie Harry, on the other hand, I do know, I think a blonde in a leather jacket with some black eyeliner, absolutely beautiful. A bit like Kim Wilde as well, who you and I know, Bush. Yes. I'm working with her a little bit. Leather jacket, stunning, you know, that platinum blonde hair, lots of rhythm, lots of black eyeliner, red lipstick, brilliant. Can't go wrong. I had the biggest crush ever on Kim Wilde when I was a kid. I know. Huge and I, crush. You came, but you came down and met her because I used to produce Kim Wilde's show and you I, you came down with me one day, didn't you, to meet her? Yeah, yeah, she's lovely, really nice. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you she was, blushed? You were blushing? Yeah, I was a bit, a bit embarrassed. You had to um, cross your legs a lot? Yes. Who did you, who, had, who was on your wall when you were growing up, Louise? Who did you fancy? You know who was on my wall? Um, uh, which, I don't know how I feel about this now. Your man from um, Kelly Jones from Stereophonics. Oh, really? I loved him absolutely loved him. He's a nice guy. Just thought he had the most beautiful face. But also I was going out with this guy at the time who was modelling and he did the big sort of O2. Um, have I told you this before, Bush? No. No. So he did the big O2 campaign. And so he was on posters around Dublin and he would, like there would be poster, there would be like pictures of him when you bought a phone and you would take out your new phone. There would be a picture of him using the phone. Who, your used fella? To have a picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to have a picture of him up in my locker and it was actually my boyfriend. And he was the, it was called ESAT Digiphone back in the day before O2. And he was the ESAT Digiphone model. And that's who I had up in my locker. And then I used to go home and bang him. <laughs> it was fucking great. Like, I, love, I love the fact that your other half, Tom, is probably cooking your lunch, blissfully <laughs> unaware of this story being told as you're chatting to me from your It's a long time ago. You're talking, you're talking 20 years ago, Bush. It's a long time, like... So, yeah, well, I mean, there's there's another question for the audience. If you if you've dated anyone of of any note, can you be the Aesop Digi model, or whatever the hell that fellow was called? Aesop Digi phone, yeah, Digi yeah, phone. It's good buzz. Yeah, all right, I don't want to know any more further details. Thanks very much, Louise. <laughs> uh, get in touch with us now. What's the Instagram, Lomo? A to Z of everything podcast on Insta. Uh, right, another one to chuck in on D's here. Uh, I want to I want to talk about drinking uh, very quickly. I'm starting to think that my days of drinking, D for drinking are over because I'm now at the stage where if I have like even two pints, two pints of lager, I, I'll feel it the next day. And I, I'm my 25-year-old self looking at me now saying this would be mortified. I've got quite into 0% alcohol beer. I don't get the point, Bush. I think if you're going to have a drink, like, okay, so basically I don't really like the taste of alcohol, so I'm only doing it to get a bit pissed. Right. So if I'm not drinking, I'm just, I'm going to have like, whatever, something else, like a, a nicer tasting drink. I mean, I guess when you're in the park, you don't really have that much time before they kind of lock up and everything, so you've got to get on it 
quickly, haven't you, Louise? That's the thing. But I feel the same as you. I feel pathetic. I have like a large glass of red and I feel like crap the next day. Isn't it? It's terrible. I'd say red is one of the worst. It always makes you feel yeah. like Henry VIII because it makes you get your teeth go all black and you get a really bad headache. And I feel so dry the next day. I'm like, yeah. ugh, I feel like... Why I, do we I, do it? I don't know. I don't so know, I, I've been doing this thing called Lucky Saint, okay? I'm not advertising this, but it's, but it's... If you get it cold, it does... What I do, this is what I do. This is, this is so boring, but... Uh, and we'll talk about our mutual friend Brian in a second because he's got another angle on this. What I've been doing is drinking a normal beer and then following it with Lucky Saints. And and they don't, the 0% doesn't, doesn't taste any different. So if you start yourself off in the right way, give yourself a little heave-ho on a normal can of something, mm. what a life I lead, and then follow up with Lucky Saints, you wouldn't know the difference. Now, our mutual friend Brian, what he does, he cuts super strength lager with budget lager from... Um, <laughs> like from the local supermarket, own brand. A little bit like Jesus up on the Mount, water to wine, but this is kind of like high-quality craft ale to the masses by cutting it with cheap booze uh, that's, you know, almost own brand, white cover, no branding on it stuff. There's ways around it. Why is he doing that, though? I get why you're breaking up your drinking with zero alcohol. What, what's his point? He gets too drunk too quickly off the full percentage of a normal kind of craft. You know, these, some of these, these craft ales now are like 8%. So what he does, he cuts it with like Budweiser or Sainsbury's own lager, the kind of stuff that you'd see people in EastEnders drinking. And it not only goes a lot further, but also, you know, takes the edge off it. Yeah, he's not really on a health kick like I am, but um, he's working it in different ways. So, uh, you know... Tom says that if he starts on normal beer, he finds it very hard to go to non-alcoholic. You obviously don't see that much of a difference. Like if he starts on non-alcoholic, he can stay on it and it's no big deal. But you obviously don't feel that much of a difference, do you not? No, I don't. It's like if you watch Olympic bobsleigh, you know, they do that bit where they're all out of it, out outside the bobsleigh, give it a push and they jump on. Mm. That first Carlsberg for me is pushing this bobsleigh along and then I'll jump onto it and the rest of it is me drinking 0%. Wait, so you do one, one alcoholic and then none for the rest one of the One alcoholic, then not, although sometimes I'll have uh, just straight up not, not, and I don't, I don't feel bad the next day. Because I'm fed up, I remember my, my dad and my uncle coming back from a night in the pub once, and then they were sick, the pair of them were throwing up mm. overnight next morning, and they said that they had a bad pint. And for years <laughs> I thought that was an actual thing, the bad pint. And it was just them drinking too much. Oh, they used to blame the pipes. Maybe anyone else's parents. I've heard that that before. I've heard it. Bad pipes. What's that all about? He's just drinking too much. So I don't know. I feel like my days, my rock and roll days are numbered. But, you know, obviously I'm still very, very cool. You are very cool, Bush. But change times because I used to cut, uh, you know, I used to mix vodka with West Coast Cooler or, you know, use West Coast Cooler as the mixer. What is West Coast Cooler? West Coast Cooler is like an alco pop, basically. It's like a sweet alcoholic drink. Or I'd, I'd cut my vodka with Prosecco. So you'd have like a shot of vodka and then instead of adding orange juice or Coke, you'd add Prosecco as your mixer and it would yeah. just get you so effed up. And now I'm like, oh God, I better have a smaller glass of wine than that. And it, it's just, it's, we're, it's Things sad. change. Things change, Louise. Joe, and things no. just change. That's how it is. The passage of time. Um, on that slightly maudlin note, Mm. Is there any more, or do you want to go to the bag of destiny and I see what we're go going to do? Bag of destiny. Week? Let's come on. Let's just see. If you pick ID again, Bush, I'm going to jump through that screen and hit you. Right. Fair enough. That's good, good warning. Uh, and this is going to be this week's episode. So because we're, we're we're kind of we've crept into the next week, haven't we? Yeah. Uh, right. Here we go. I, I'm not joking. We're not doing D again. It's come out again. It's ridiculous. Shut up. He's lying. Okay. The next episode of the A to Z of everything will be stuff beginning with N. Okay. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, so if you think of anything like that, Louise hit him with the um, 
hitting with the intel for Instagram. Yeah, please do. Hit us up. A to Z of everything podcast on Instagram. Just DM us, please. Okay, well, listen, thank you so much for listening. Sorry we're a little bit late with this one, but obviously Louise is, is incredibly hard to pin down for a particular time. Only joking, it's been the pair of us. Um, this has been a Curious Mole production, edited by the gorgeous Dane Smith and his rubbing thighs, his rubbing chapped thighs. And the music, Louise, is by... Revolution Void. We love you all. We will see you next week in the A to Z of everything. Tell all your friends about it. Louise, I shall see you then. See you then, Bush. 